You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Welcome, welcome to episode 115 of Fear of the Free Child podcast. I am your host, Akila S. Richards. And this week, like every week, we are going to be talking about what it means, what it looks like, what the challenges are inside of that decision to raise a free person, including oneself. So this is liberation work that for us is often accented by or started as a result of our parenting practice. That is what we focus on around here. And this week is no different. have a nice cup of ginger tea that's mint and ginger obviously and I'm very much enjoying that it's a sleepy time tea and I think it might actually be working because I've been getting ready for this episode for the past 10 or 15 minutes and I find that I'm like really really settling into a very chill space so let me try to not sound all 976 on you some of y'all are kind of young do they still have 976 numbers I don't know anywho (laughs) We are continuing a discussion on pleasure this week, the pleasure series. We kicked it off with sort of a prelude to discussing the link between pleasure and this work of raising free people. Then we had Thea Monier kicking all kind of goodness around pleasure and our bodies and our psyches as a therapist, a mama, a fellow podcaster, a speaker, writer. That discussion was just so soul-feeding. We followed that up most recently with Bina Joy, who was talking about the pleasures of personal and communal dance. Ah, Again, all the soul-feeding, and I'm really appreciating the feedback that has come from the past few episodes around pleasure. I love that this is being well-received. It is so important that we can make these connections between how we are showing up as adults, as parents, as caregivers, as educators, how we're showing up in our bodies and how we show up for ourselves emotionally and mentally, and how that is tied to our capacity to offer the sort of space that our young people need to really develop into themselves with our support as opposed to our domination and what that means for the type of world we can develop if people are not being raised under the tyranny of unresolved drama and trauma. (sighs) I could never not be hype about these possibilities, (laughs) especially as I see how people are utilizing them and how we're doing this in community. Speaking of community, gotta shout out our newest patron, Amanda, thank you so much for joining the Patreon community. If you are listening to this and have not become a member of this community, the Raising Free People Network, which includes this podcast, you can do so by joining us over at patreon.com forward slash Akila. We dive into these topics that are discussed every week on the podcast. I share just resources things that I'm reading, ideas that are coming up, sometimes video or audio from events that I get to participate in all over, and just whole space for questions and conversation expanded, right? More than we can do in 30 minutes or so each week. So 
Thank you, Amanda, for joining us. And if you're not a part of the Patreon community, and you can be for as little as a dollar a month or even a thousand dollars a month, please know that it is needed and so useful to help me continue to do and build this out. I love my patrons. I have patrons who I've met in person at different events. I have patrons who've been particularly supportive of my work in terms of extending themselves outside of their monthly donation on Patreon. Thank you so much. I also posted recently on Instagram how Chris and I were able to stay in a sweet little apartment in Philly as a result of someone's generosity. It's just a gratitude circle, a gratitude vibe. We give, we get, we gain, we allow. And Patreon is one of the ways that we can get in that mix. So if you can do so, it's a pleasure to serve in the ways that I'm able to. Speaking of pleasure, yo, these segues is hitting right. Speaking of pleasure, (laughs) I've been having the pleasure of having conversations with Folks who are employees, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, in this instance, all the people that I'm thinking of here are employees of self-directed education spaces, and they are the only Black or Indigenous or person of color, in this case, Black or person of color. So it's just them and a bunch of white folks in the space doing the work together, believing in the work together, and it's founded by white folks who then brought in someone non-white for all the, I hope, obvious reasons. So good job, important, necessary. However, as we may know, one of the issues with the prevalence of the term diversity and what it ends up being is that it's just a matter of having the visual of not just white people in a space or not just men in a space or not just people who fit a heteronormative physical representation in a space, having a disabled person in a space, having the person there feels good, right? It's pleasurable. It's like, yes, I'm doing the right thing because I know I need this input to better serve a community. However, what can happen with it is that if you're not putting the work around diversity and including equity in that practice, then that minority just gets swallowed up inside of pervasive whiteness that the white folks may or may not even know that they're doing because they don't have to know because it's the standard. So it, it takes something deliberate to interrupt it and say, hey, how you're just being is actually not okay and was never okay if you actually want to include people who are not like you in this particular way, that is what is happening, not just sometimes for students or learners inside of self-directed spaces, but also for people who work there. And so I've had the pleasure, because a lot of what we talked about was good too, and there was plenty of laughter and, and all of that. But there's also just more of the same issue of white people not understanding how to put equity into practice. So as you, and I, in this case, when I say you, I'm talking to white folks, as you're learning about privilege, is your practice being fortified by 
listening, engaging, and changing your practice, right? Not what you're reading, not what you're watching, not what you're even donating to on Patreon. Is your practice being fortified by listening, engaging, and changing? That is the question that I want to deconstruct and speak to. So my guest today, in a sense, is the energies of those folks who have given me permission to share this and to speak to this while respecting their anonymity. So let's talk about what is happening. And I'm going to try to do this in a way that, again, respects the anonymity of the folks who brought this to my attention. Essentially, I want us, us as in everybody listening, to remember that as we are taking in these sorts of conversations that we have on this podcast about the connection between trust and freedom and childhood and navigating personal, emotional things and social justice and how all of those things are worked through and tied into parenting and caring for children, we have to remember that this is not just research, it's practice. And so to fortify what you are thinking about and hearing and discussing, you have to put yourself in a position to learn from the people who either you have oppressed or the people who you're looking to grow with. In other words, not just recognizing that you're doing something that you want to do differently or not just recognizing, oh, this is what oppression means, or now I know these terminologies and I took this person's course and I read these books. And so I'm now I'm so conscious about it. But none of that is actually being reinforced in your environment because the people who have less privilege than you in your immediate environment, in this case, in an SDE center, the people who work for you or with you, what are they saying about your equity practices? What are they saying about what liberation work looks like when they're working with you? How are you communicating? Are you looking at those things as well? It can be really pleasurable to know the lingo and to read the books and to support the folks online and repost, but what is happening immediately around you? And I ask that question because I know from these conversations that in a lot of these spaces, what they are sharing either online or in theory or in their marketing materials isn't being worked in the actual space. And I'm not saying, try to be clear, I'm not saying that our spaces need to be perfect. This is self-directed. This is emergent structure. This is necessarily messy. This is human-centered. This is us learning things and pivoting and changing our minds and having moods and emotional variations and all the human things and developing words and ways and practices that support all of that. This thing is not a science, and I fully get that. So we're not talking about things being perfect here. We're not talking about people not having a chance to have a learning curve and to make mistakes and to feel safe to pivot in a healthier direction. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when a white woman can feel completely within her realm to say to a Black woman, these children are oppressed people, so don't talk to them like that without any level of regard for who you're talking to when you say some shit like that. When you, you feel as a white person that you can speak to oppression 
and privilege to a person who meets intersections of oppression and lack of privilege without addressing that aspect of it. As you're learning about privilege, is your practice being fortified by listening, engaging, and changing? Because once again, it can feel really good to participate in conversation and read things and share things, but how you live in, that's the question, how you live in. I'm encouraging white folks who identify as allies who listen to this podcast to ask the Black, Indigenous, and people of color in your communities, in your learning centers and spaces and cooperatives and group meetups, whether they feel heard, whether they feel regarded, whether they feel like they are part of what leadership helps to create in terms of the culture of the space. Ask those questions, whether you do that directly or whether you offer it through some sort of anonymous aspect, if that feels better for your space, I don't know. I would never attempt to speak to specifically what would make the most sense for y'all, for your space, but I am definitely speaking specifically to the issue of BIPOC folks being in spaces that are run primarily by white people who are doing all of the reading and understand a lot of these terminologies that are showing up now in equity work and social justice and self-directed education, understand the terminologies, but just ain't putting the shit into practice because that's the hard part. That is the hard part. And I, I say all the time, like inviting me to your event is great, but I want to know about what's happening in your community with the people who look like me. I want to know whether you feel harmful to them or useful to them or inaccessible to them and what you are doing to connect with people, particularly in the instances, as we've talked about in past episodes, in the instances where white-run self-directed spaces start showing up in Black and Indigenous and people of color neighborhoods. So you buy the real estate that you can afford and create a space for self-directed education, which is wonderful, but is not enough if you're not connecting with the actual community instead of putting right in a place where you can afford something that the people right around you can't afford or something that the people right around you in that Black or Indigenous or people of color community that they would never even feel comfortable working there because you're not doing the work past the reading and the thinking about and the pontificating with your friends. That is essentially what I want to offer up for consideration, for contemplation, and for action in the form of asking the folks in your community, in your space or spaces, how you're showing up to them and maybe what you can do to do better if you're not showing up in ways that feel useful or safe for Black, Indigenous, and people of color folks. To me, there's an obvious connection between privilege and pleasure. And I'm trying not to be like so spoon feedy to be like, this is what I mean when I say, you know? So if it's not making sense for you, if you want it teased out more, let me know. The show notes page for this episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 115. You can leave a message there. 
you can post the question on Instagram and tag me in it so we can have a sort of public conversation around it. Or you can email me, she at akilasrichards.com, and I can follow up with you directly there. But that is essentially that connection between privilege and pleasure that I want to bring up in our space so we can be with it, take it off into our little corners, into our little circles and do what we will with it. Because again, it can feel really good to have representation visually, but how are you living? How you living? That's the question. Be with that. If you are a Black, Indigenous, or person of color listening to this, pass this shit on to your white friends and colleagues, okay? (laughs) Or use it to craft wording for yourself to be able to have these conversations. That's something I'm really grateful to be able to offer for folks. I often get feedback, especially when I physically go to spaces where they're just like one or two of us. They'll say that I offer language that helps them to have better conversations with the white people that they're working with. And that is great. (laughs) That makes me feel really useful, as you'll hear me say all the time, because that's definitely one of my core values along with curiosity. It makes me feel really useful. And it's such an organic thing for me to be able to articulate something that I'm thinking or feeling through. And so I want to be able to lend that to spaces and to people as much as possible because it's an easy resource for me. So yeah, that is it. That is it. That is it. We have one more episode in the pleasure series because we're doing it all April long. And it may be a medley because I actually have a few different conversations that I want to share. Or I might just pick one good juicy one. Yes. I just remembered some of the recordings and I'm so hyped. So yeah, that's the deal. Love you. Thank you for listening. And I will chat to you next week. Peace.